Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in Matthew 14 and there's a lot here. There's a lot to be said in this one and what's kind of strange is a lot of it isn't covered by anyone that any of the commentaries and generally they cover you know at least one of them can cover it but primarily John the Baptist being beheaded in the first 12 verses is not covered by anybody I don't know why I guess because they're sad I don't know it's kind of interesting but anyways before we get started let's go to God in prayer father thank you for this day and for taking care of us thank you for the many blessings you bestowed on us You're an amazing God. You're the creator of all. And for that reason, we should love you and no other reasons required. And so, Father, I lift up this time. I lift up this day and this reading. I just pray that our hearts, our minds, and our spirits would be prepared for you and that we would do your will, that we would understand your your message, Holy Spirit, that you would guide us. You'd open our minds and that there'd be nothing from me, but everything from you. So I pray this time for this time to be blessed by you and you and that we would serve you more fully. So one of the things that I keep struggling with, and you all have heard this probably too many times and you're sick of it, but I keep wanting to do better because I want to, I feel like I need to be a better person. And I do that because I want to, you know, please God, but I also just do it because I think I'm supposed to. And I beat myself up when I fail. And right now it just seems like I keep being told just, just, you know, I love you anyways accept it. And I struggle with that because quite candidly, I don't, I don't have the highest opinion of myself. So I think I need to perform. I've always been someone who who tries to perform, make others happy, make my parents happy, make my coaches and perform. And then generally by, by my performance, I would rate myself. And I think I'm, I struggle with that quite a bit. I don't know if you do either, but it's just one of those pieces that a piece of my life that I struggle with and I'm trying to get past because I don't think God sits there and thinks, oh yeah, hey, if you wouldn't have sworn that day, I would have liked you more. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. So anyways, and also forgive me, I just set up my office completely differently where I'm now broadcasting and recording this. So there's a lot more squeaks I hear in the background. I'll figure out how to reduce that. And then also my work computer is dinging around too. So I apologize for the background noise. Anyways, with that, chapter 14, verse 1. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard the reports about Jesus, and he said to his attendants, This is John the Baptist. He has risen from the dead, but John wasn't dead yet. That is why miraculous powers are are at work in him. Now Herod had arrested John and bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. For John had been saying to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of the people because they considered John a prophet. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guest and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. Now, candidly, I raised two girls, two daughters. They're incredible people. And I would be kind of bummed if they came to me and said, oh, yeah, I want someone's head served to me on a platter. That wouldn't be cool, even if they were motivated by their mom or aunt or whatever. Seems I'd be bummed if they said it about a chicken. 
Anyway, so, um, verse 9. The king was distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guest, he ordered that her request be granted, and he had John beheaded in the prison. Yeah, you can't really look bad in front of those people at dinner. You're only the king, right? His head was brought in on a platter and given to the girl who carried it to her mother. John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. So I think when it ta- when it starts, it says at that time, Herod the Tetrarch had heard, had heard the reports about Jesus. Maybe Je- he had already killed John, and this is then telling how he did it and why he did it. I don't know. Verse 13. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. You know, this is sad because, you know, Jesus wants to kind of, I would imagine he wants to go and think about his friend, a person that he knew his whole life. And, uh, but he can't because hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot to the towns from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it is, it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. I think it's cool that we, and I do this, I tell God what, what is needed to be done. Hey, God, I need this job. Hey, God, I need this deal closed. Hey, God, um, I need to go and, and get this resolved. Like, I need to tell God what to do, right? And here they are. Hey, God, hey, Jesus, go tell these guys to go get food, right? It, you know, I, I initially, I'm like, I thought, again, gosh, these guys are stupid. And then I thought about myself, and yeah, it applies to me. The disciples are way smarter, better than me, but gosh, all the things they do, I sit there, and just like we've been reading all through the Old Testament and New Testament, I'm just as guilty as these guys, and I'm just as dense. I'm just as cloudy of thought as they are. It's just amazing for, for them to go and tell Jesus, hey, here's, you know, go send them away and Oh, yeah, because I know you didn't think about it, right? You're God. But anyways, verse 16. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And verse 17. We have, all, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. <clears throat> Bring them here to me, he said, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about five thousand men, besides women and children. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, but buffeted by the waves, because the, the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Jesus tells us all the time. He says it often. Do not be afraid. Fear is a major problem for folks. It's when we make really bad decisions. When I'm scared, when I'm nervous about my plight and my circumstances, I make really bad decisions because I'm operating out of fear. Jesus tells us, don't be afraid. 
rely on him. Just like this, you know, there's no need for me to tell him, hey, I need money because he's God. He knows that. There's no need for me to tell him, hey, I need food. He knows that. Just like there was no need for the disciples to tell him, hey, send those people away. They're hungry. It's him telling us, don't be afraid because he has us. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out, come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out, reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? It's just like when God answers my prayer and he's telling me, I've got you. But then I keep looking around and the circumstances are tough, they're dire. And I get afraid and more afraid. And then I make dumb, dumber decisions. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. See, it's the constant miracles. And I feel like I keep asking God for miracles. And the past that he's done in my life just doesn't seem to be enough. And there's got to be a way for me to make it so. I understand and rest in him more completely. When they crossed over, they landed on the they landed at Genesaret. And when the men of, of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick be, just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. That faith, not even needing him to lay his hands on you but just knowing that if i just touch his cloak i'll be healed he will meet my need that is what i struggle for and i just on a daily basis pray that i can rest in him and know that that that's enough and that through resting in him i will do his will and i will be the person he wants me to be rather than don't swear, don't do this, don't do that. I have family members who believe a little bit differently than me, and they're very strict in a lot of things. And I sit there and I go and think, my goodness, you're living such an unfulfilled life because you're so wrapped up in legalism. But then I beat myself up. I beat myself up for swearing, for thinking things, for doing things wrong. And it's like, dude, wake up. Quit looking at the plank, you know, the speck in someone else's eye. And I, I'm sitting here with a plank. It's a 2x12. It's a 4x12 in my eyeball. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, these people, if only they understood. <laughs> and here I am. Don't swear. Don't do this. Don't do that. Living through a different set of don'ts or must. The only must is to rest and to love God. That's our must. It's to love God with our whole heart and our whole being. Everything else is supposed to take care of itself. So with that, I'm just going to close this with prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this day, for taking care of us, and for the many blessings you bestowed on us. Thank you for your word. I pray that you would help us to ingest it, embrace it, and love it, and that you would be honored and glorified by all that we do, Lord. I thank you and praise you, and I just pray that today we would, know, we would learn how to rest in you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me. It's just a guy on his journey back to God. I hope you have a great day.